Yeah, it's 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 live now. I'm actually holy shit. All right, y'all. Welcome to the What Is Truth podcast. I will edit this. It'll have an intro and it will be crisp. <laughs> so, all those that tuned in from the very beginning, my apologies, technical difficulties. Uh, I am excited. This is episode 100. I will try to tinker with the buttons as we go, but I only have Ricky for a limited amount of time. I don't want to spend too much time tinkering with crap, uh, but. This is episode 100. I am super excited to have my man Ricky uh, with me. How are you, Ricky? I'm doing awesome, my friend. Congratulations. 100 episodes for a podcaster is a huge deal. The average podcast does seven episodes, so you've uh, more than exceeded that. And uh, and you're killing it. Your show is constantly growing. You're constantly having great guests. And, and I'm, I'm so happy that I could be a little bit of the influence to uh, to why you started this. Yeah, dude, uh, you, well, Joe Rogan, like many of us in the podcasting world, was a guy that got my gears grinding into, huh, that'd be awesome to be, ta- you know, having these conversations with all kinds of interesting people and, and just being yourself and, and expressing your yourself. And then about two years ago or so, I first caught you on uh, James Corbett's uh, I think he has an extras channel where whenever he's on certain podcasts, he'll put them on his channel, you know, and which is awesome because it, it shines a light to other creators such as yourself. And that's where I first heard you and I listened to you and you sounded so down to earth. Uh, your intro is what hooked me. Uh, your, your content is what made me stay. <laughs> and I was like, you truly were the the person that inspired me like shit, man. And not to say this in a derogatory way at all, but I, you, you were so down to earth. I was like, man, if he can do it, I'm just a regular Joe myself. I, I want to do that too. You know what I mean? So again, it's not, it's, I hope no one takes it in a bad way. It's just, you inspired me is what I'm trying to get at. And, uh, you know, to have you on, on episode 100. I, I it was special to me. It's 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 quite a feat. I don't think a lot of people understand. You know, I did real estate for many years, and even when you get into real estate, they say everyone gets a real estate license, but very few make it past two years. Uh, and if you can make you know survive those first two years, then you pretty much are in the business. And so, I I guess podcasting is in that same regard you know and uh yeah you you were the inspiration for that man and and thanks for for returning for i think it's the third time you i've had you on and you've always been a great sport yeah well it, it's that's kind of a, a good uh some you know a similar type of situation like you said with real estate because it's true like it's not that hard to get started it's really hard to continue doing it you end up sacrificing time with your family you end up sacrificing um, time at work you end up sacrificing uh r- times 
moments in your life where you could be resting and relaxing your your uh, editing or emailing or you know putting the show together and also resources uh, you know financial resources and other resources and going into pursuing this passion project and there is a sense of like fulfillment when you do start it and you start putting out episodes and you start hearing from listeners and people who are connecting with your show and enjoying your show it, it motivates you and it, it makes you feel like you're you're contributing something positive to the universe which i think we're all attempting to do uh because this is the 100th episode i can't remember if i've ever asked you this but how'd you come up with the name the what is truth podcast <laughs> it's a it's a funny little story you can put on your camera now dude uh by the way i finally got it sorted as the the uk folks like to say sorted um yeah it's it's kind of a funny story i the original the original um podcast was what would jesus do <laughs> and i was making satirical uh religious comedy videos and i started my podcast doing stuff on religion and it was mostly comedy based and then i got you know as you know now know the the whole sean atwood rabbit hole is what made me explode and i decided to change the name man because some people thought i was religious and i didn't want to fool anyone you know i was like dude i gotta change it because i don't want to you know if you are religious i don't want you to feel that i'm making fun of you uh, and if you're not religious, I don't want you to think that I'm religious and, and to tune off for that. So I like, I got to change things around. And when I was going through names, I was asking people that were following me for ideas and whatnot. And it just kept coming to me, man. What is truth? You know, that's in the Bible. And even though I'm not religious myself, that is something that always stuck with me. You know, when Jesus is uh, getting questioned by Pontius Pilate, I thought, I always thought it was such a profound uh, question and especially with it, you know, with the current times that we're living in, uh, to me, it's, it's even more profound now, man, because I used to be a huge believer in science and I'm in a place where I don't trust what I hear in science. Um, science is dogmatic in itself. It, it's a religious ideology in many ways. And we you know especially in this you know in the conspiratorial way of thinking when we think of the mainstream news we some of us will still watch it there's many that have quit it altogether uh but some of us still watch it just to keep in the loop of things but even when we watch it we watch it with a grain of salt because we don't know if we're getting fed propaganda or if there's bits of truth who knows and and so I think choosing that name uh, fits rightfully so, you know, in the, uh, especially in this climate. Well, I think it's even deeper than that. When you really think about what is truth, it, you, I think once you start questioning science or any experts in any field, you realize like there's other sides that every perspective and philosophy and you, whatever scientific dogma you subscribe to there is somebody else who has debated if it's true or not you know if we're talking about 
um, the universe, what is reality, what is uh, consciousness, what is the placebo effect. Like you can, there's so many different theories and you realize like the whole world or our perspective of the whole world is all based on a bunch of theories. There's nothing that's really truly provable you know we can we have a theory of gravity you know and if i drop a pen it falls to the ground we have a a theory based on you know some other theories that uh gravity pushes this pen to the to the uh floor to the ground and but it's not you there, there's nothing you could do to 100 percent prove that so what is truth is kind of like you said it kind of is a profound statement because it really opens up your mind to the idea that everything is debatable and we that everything is you know even science as we know it like you know a hundred years from now the way we look at the world the way we understand the world today we could almost we could get to the point where we discover what you know the nature of reality really is our limited uh senses and the things that maybe we don't see or whatever and it we could look back at at 2022 and be like, wow, those guys were prim primitive monkeys. They really had a misinterpretation of what the world, how the world really worked or what reality was or whatever, you know? And so, uh, yeah, I think it's, I, that's one reason why I've always loved philosophy because it's more questions and is answers. You're really exploring questions and it forces you to even ask questions like that, that maybe you would never ponder on, willingly on your own you know so yeah. it's it, it's it's fascinating because i think we do have to question everything and i know it's it's kind of a, a cliche now question everything and everybody says it or whatever but uh that that means also questioning your own dogmas and things that you truly believe and uh i think that i've used the, the example of my show quite a few times talking about like flat earth and and whatnot i'm like okay did you at least look into it? And if you truly looked into it, then maybe you, you know, maybe you are one of those people who question everything or one of you, are you one of those people who dismissed it immediately and didn't even look into it? And to me, it, it's almost like a test, like how skeptical am I of everything? And that means that even when I get something that seems too crazy to be true, like flat earth, I'll at least entertain it. And I won't dismiss any theory, um, you know, just because it seems too crazy to believe because there's plenty of things that end up being true that, pro you know, yourself and, and on my show and guests on my show and guests on your show have probably said 10 years ago, 15 years ago, whatever, that seemed too crazy to be true that now is accepted reality. So it's uh, it, it's one of those things where you should uh entertain all all things you know and 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 obviously that can be time consuming but i mean when when something uh happens that kind of uh seems a little too crazy to believe just don't dismiss it just because you think it seems insane because there's plenty of insane things that got me down these rabbit holes and i'm sure got you down plenty of rabbit holes that you're like wow man like if i talk if i heard uh, we you broke brought up uh, Rogan. Obviously, he was a like you said, he was a big inspiration to to many of us who started podcasting. But uh, recently, I forget who we had on his show where he talked about how Alex Jones told him years ago about like a island, Steen's Island, yeah, Steen Island, and like you know this pedophilia parties that he would throw and and with all these uh, uh, high ranked politicians and people in Hollywood and people in finances and people in 
in all aspects of life, you know, the highest ranked of people. I mean, even uh, people, obviously the royal family, um, uh, some members of the royal family were there. And if you said this 20 years ago, you you seemed absolutely insane. And and I remember when I had Nick Bryan on my show years ago and Jeffrey Epstein was brought up on the show and we're talking about it. And he we're like, it's crazy that this guy is linked to all these high ranked people and nobody knows who he is. And then all of a sudden he's a household name. Everybody know, knows at least some part of the Epstein story. And uh, and yet 10, 15, 20 years ago, people would have told, looked at you like you're absolutely insane. So uh, I, I think it's it's one of those things where we should question absolutely everything, no matter how crazy the theory is, at least entertain it. You know, what's the worst yeah. that could happen? A lot of conspiracy theories, especially a lot of the, the crazier ones. Um, I mean, look at, um, what was it, uh, General Byrd or uh, the the guy who went to Antarctica uh, and and came back saying he he found like some civilization there or whatever. Um, and I know the higher side chats talk about it a lot. And then also uh, Sam Tripoli, when he was on, Joe Rogan recently, he also uh, t told this story, but it's from the outside looking in. It's like, what do you mean a guy had a mission? I forget what the name of the mission was. Went to Antarctica and then found like there's a like a secret civilization there or whatever aliens or whatever. It sounds absolutely insane that a high ranked general or somebody who's respected like that would would tell this crazy story of meeting like whatever some other civilization there. And and yet you look into it, and you're like, oh, shit, like this guy existed. Uh, he did tell the story. There's some like little seeds of truth in this story. And so many of the crazy conspiracy theories, they stay alive because there's little hints of truth in there. So even just exploring them, you'll learn something and, and you can you know, you find out that the reason why people keep repeating these stories or keep believing these things is because there is some unanswered questions. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's uh, that that very uh, basic question of what is truth, and and just questioning things. It, you know, I can think of many examples just growing up. You know, as a child, that I thoroughly believed, and once I found out that some of these things were not true, uh. You know, they were world-changing events for me. And as I've gotten deeper and deeper into many of these rabbit holes, that's exactly where I'm at. Where I, anything I hear now, I don't dismiss it, man. Even if, like you were saying, if it sounds batshit crazy or whatever, you have to have an open mind and look into it further. And now, as you look into it further, if there's still crazy shit and it just doesn't hold any water, well then... You can at least come to a more better informed decision rather than just scrapping everything out. And uh, that's that's essentially where I'm at today, man. It's just confusing times all around, you know. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, you know, science used to be this epitome of everything, you know, of knowledge. And we were encouraged to ask questions. And now we're living in times where if you question Fauci, you question science itself and all this bullshit, uh, which should make everyone skeptic uh, or skeptical of the whole scientific, quote unquote, process. And then you have many of these 
very decorated uh, individuals, like doctors and, and intellectuals, who are speaking out, but they get censored. And you've had many of these people on your show, uh, people like Dr. Robert Malone, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, and so on and so forth. Uh, it's been awesome uh, to see you, you know, like, like I said, I started following you a couple of years ago and seeing your growth, man. And, and you just kept at it, kept at it. And you've been able to score some of these uh, high profile uh, individuals and pretty much all your guests now are like top of the line, top of the food chain type of guests. Uh, how's that journey been, man, for you? I want to draw inspiration off of you to keep, keep pushing forward myself. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, well, it's it's a lot of just being creative and not giving up, right? Like, uh, I, I recently I just had a Undertaker's brother, Kane. Some people might know him as Kane. Uh, he's now better known as a Mayor Glenn Jacobs, and fascinating guy. And he was somebody that I've always wanted on for a while because he, uh, one, I mean, I was a huge fan of his when when I was growing up. He was one of my favorite wrestlers, uh, but also I love his worldview, his values, what he stands up for. He was very outspoken during the lockdowns and stuff like that. And to me, like I hats go off to people like that. And I have so much respect for people like that. Cause it's really easy when things have settled down to be outspoken and be like, yeah, you know, this, that didn't make sense. But it was really difficult to do it when we were at the height of the lockdowns, when people were getting in fights, people were arguing, people were losing friends, people were losing, um, were getting in fights with family members um, and dealing with, you know, losing their job. And it was very heated. And for him to be outspoken was was awesome because he did it when it was really difficult, especially having such a huge WWE uh, you know, he's a Hall of Famer, a huge WWE fan base. And you know that you're going to piss off some people who grew up watching you, who maybe don't want you to be political, but he did it anyways because it was important to him. But to, to answer your question, like somebody like him, I, I got some email address. I don't know where I got it. Maybe on one is his, maybe his mayor, Glenn Jacobs website and attempted to email him, attempted to, you know, contact him. Uh, I think I wrote him on social media platforms, all this stuff. And then one day I get a call from his assistant, Justin. And, ha you know, thanks, Justin, for helping us with the scheduling. Um, and I get a call. It's a random call. And, and it's Justin. And he's like, hey, you know, Mayor Glenn Jacobs um, wants to be on your show. Uh, you know, how do we set up a, a, a time and date? And it was just like, oh, wow, look, if I may. I, I, and I don't even know what worked. Like, I don't know if it was like an Instagram uh, message or a Twitter message or a uh, one of the emails that finally got through or maybe a different email address that I ended up finding that I, I wrote. But I'm like, you know what, if I didn't attempt all those things, maybe I would never get this call. And that's how it is with like a lot of my guests. It's like, I just don't give up, you know, like if it's somebody I really want on, I will just keep exhausting all avenues and you never know what's going to work. I remember when I had a uh, journalist, Man Mariana Venzeller, the Portuguese journalist who uh, did the Oxycontin uh, Express movie documentary and has been on Rogan's a few times also. And uh, I remember just emailing her, DMing her, could not get a hold of her. And it was like one night I was on Twitter, like late at night, and she just tweeted something. And then 
in my head, I'm like, oh, if she's looking at her phone tweeting or on a desktop tweeting, maybe if I write her really quickly, she'll see the tweet uh, before the before she gets off her phone or, or, or desktop. And I'm like, well, fuck it. It's worth a try. So I, I, I wrote her immediately. I'm like, hey, uh, it's Ricky from Ripple Effect Podcast. Uh, I'd love to have you on. Here's a link to um, I, I typically send people a link to the little trail trailer. That's uh, the intro for the podcast. I'm like, hey, here's a trailer. You know, let me know if um if you're interested. And then she wrote me back immediately. I'm like, oh, crap. But I've written many people on Twitter. Uh, I actually don't use that that method often because it, I don't have much luck with it. Uh, but it ended up working with her, you know, and saying yeah. Same thing with like, so everybody is, is slightly different. And, and sometimes if you're doing this long enough, like yourself and, and, um, and you're putting out, you know, d decent content, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm putting out decent content. I'm putting out good material. Um, hopefully eventually like the word will go around a little bit and, you know, it'll be a little easier to contact people. And that is exactly what what's happened. Uh, I remember when I had Dr. Robert Lusting on who, um, he had the viral video, the case against sugar or the bitter truth. That's what it is. Uh, the case against sugar is the Gary Topps book. Uh, but the bitter truth was the viral video about, and he was in like sugar coated and tons of documentaries. He was one of the, the leading um, outspoken people about how harmful sugar is. And I wanted him on forever. Cause as you know, you know, you've been listening to my show for a long time. I love having a lot of these doctors on and PhDs, nutritionists, and, and, you know, people like Rob Wolf and Dr. Dominic D'Agostino and stuff like that. And, um, and I really wanted him on and I like tried to hit, I tried every avenue to try to get a hold of him. I, I'm not one who asks for favors uh, often. Like, even if I know somebody has a mutual friend, um, it took years before I ever started doing that because I always felt bad. I'm always like, Oh, I don't want this person to think I had them on to, to like connect me with that person. And, um, but as as time went by, I've gotten more comfortable doing that because a lot of people would ask me for contact info uh, because of the things we're talking about now, because yeah. of like the, the the guests that I've had on. And I'm like, OK, well, now, uh, like if I ever need a favor, I, I feel more comfortable asking them because they asked me or whatever. And um, but Dr. Robert Lusting, no luck for years. And one day randomly, I don't even know how they got my email address. I get an email from his publicist or somebody, his agent, somebody saying that he wants to come on. He has a new book. He'd love to send me the new book. And I'm like, are you serious? I'm like, I, I, uh, I've been trying to get a hold of this guy forever. And I'm like, all of a sudden now he's contacting me. And that happens a lot too now where as your show grows, you get a lot of people contacting you about, um, like, hey, here's a great uh, guest suggestion. Here's a um, somebody that I work with that you should have on or whatever. Or sometimes uh, you have an agent or a publicist or somebody who works with multiple clients and they're like, hey, here's this person. But I also turned on a lot of people, too, because to, to me, it's like there's been a hand, not not many, but there's like one or two times where like I've, I've had a guest on because it, we had a mutual friend and I'm like, you know, what, I'll have him on. And then I'm like, it was an okay conversation, but I wasn't like really into it because it wasn't somebody that I was a fan of prior or it wasn't somebody that immediately I'm like, oh yeah, this is like right down the rabbit holes uh, that I want to talk about. So it's hard to like filter that out, but it's not a bad problem to have where like, I don't, I, back in the day, I, it was hard for me to like stay booked all the time because one, the show was small. So it was hard to to get people to respond. And as time went by and the show started growing, 
you started seeing how how much easier it was to get the people to respond. I remember when I the first time I had Jim Florentine on, I think I emailed him like way back in the day, couldn't get him on. And then out of nowhere, I emailed him and then he, he emailed me back and I'm like, oh, maybe it's because the show's grown since last time I contacted him <laughs> and we had some mutual friends. And now he, and then I started seeing that trend where like, at least I started getting uh, people replying back yeah. where like, or I would write a bunch of, I remember when I first started, I would write, I mean, thank God I didn't have kids and I had the free time because I would stay up all night just like writing emails and emails and emails and writing people on, you know, every social media platform that they have. If they're an author and they have multiple uh, books and multiple websites for those books, I would look and, and, you know, look at all those websites and try to find any piece of personal information I could to try to um, call them or email them or, or write them on whatever social media platform they're on. And it was, uh, it was so time consuming. And then you would write like a hundred emails and maybe like, 10 people would write back and you're like, well, my God, this is good. You know, this sucks. But when people would write back, you're so grateful for it. And some of my early guests, uh, like Douglas Ruskoff, like Daniele Daniele, Dan Carlin, Dr. Brzezinski, Jason Burmis, uh, Corbett, um, you know, a lot of these guys end up being regulars for a, a while and uh, kind of still are. And uh, just, I, I was just super grateful that, that they were willing to come on and, it was actually Dan Carlin that he was doing a lot of interviews at the time. And I think it was before he really like um, blew up. But I remember hearing Dan Carlin on other shows. This was like right when I was thinking about starting my podcast. And he was saying, he's like, you'll be surprised how many people will come on your show. If you have a, a podcast, like reach out, you'll be surprised that people will actually come on and, and take the time to, to be interviewed on your shows. And that just kind of planted this seed of like, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe it's worth a try. Maybe more people will, will come on than I expected. And when I started my show, I had a lot of like personal friends that were like doubters and, and I didn't really care because I wasn't trying to get a billion downloads. I wasn't like, I had no real goals. My only goal was let me just stop driving myself crazy by thinking about it and procrastinating about it and just do it. And I, I really, find conversation to be uh, one of the most important things in our growth and self-reflecting and our learning. Because when you have long form conversations, like on your show and my, my show and many shows like ours, you can, re you have time to like filter out the bad ideas. You have time to uh, dissect ideas. You have time to share personal stories and we can all learn from that and we can all reflect on it. We can you know, bounce, uh, share ideas, challenge ideas, all that type of stuff. And that's how we grow. And if we're too busy and we're constantly moving and we're constantly go, 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 and we never stop and like just have long form conversations, how are you ever going to attempt to put your thoughts and emotions and feelings and, and the decisions you made, uh, when are you ever going to have time to look at those things and think about those things and analyze those things? Um, and so, uh, you know, I could see from like a really, when I first got in podcast, I could see from um, really early in kind of podcast gr growing and blowing up that it, it was going to be a media of the future, because I think since the beginning of time, um, we've grown as a species because we've shared 
knowledge and ideas and you know this this um the wisdom of crowds right like you bring a bunch of people together you get a team of of people together and we share ideas we're going to come up with the best ideas individually um it's much harder to do that so uh, i think you know conversations the same thing and there's so many nights where you sit at a bar you sit at a pub you're with some friends and you're having a whiskey you're having a drink you're you know you're hanging out and you're debating things you're you're sharing personal stories you're uh you're bouncing um you know perspectives and and ideas off each other or maybe you just uh want to share some life experience you've been through or some you know whatever new job you're you're you're, you're uh you're doing or a new girlfriend or wife or whatever and you want to kind of just share your stories and your personal experiences with your your friends and they're sharing theirs and and next thing you know time flies by and next thing you know it's 2 a.m and you go home you're like what a great night and all i needed was some good company and a little bit of alcohol and and we opened up and we got loose and we uh we got intimate and we had these deep thoughts and deep conversations and to me podcasting was taking those amazing moments and those amazing nights of sharing those long form conversations with each other and then just archiving them, recording them and sharing them with the world. And I think sometimes you would assume that people connect and enjoy the podcasts that are really information dense the most, but it's not always the case. In many cases, sometimes if I have a PhD on and it's just like info, 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 knowledge, 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 research, 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 it can kind of numb you a little bit, but then you get somebody on and, you know, I, I, off the top of my head, just a few people like Abraham Bolden, who's the first uh, black secret, uh, secret, secret service agent on a presidential detail and his story linked to the JFK assassination. Like I remember when I had him on or Thomas Drake or, you know, one that I haven't even released yet. You'll hear it first uh, here about a upcoming show with a uh, doctor, um, um, Robert Epstein, who is, uh, you know, the tech guy who talks about how um, how much we're being uh, spied on by big tech. Uh, when you hear his story about what happened to his wife and one of his employees and him being spied on all stuff or, or uh, you know, the, I forget his name now, the UN oil for food whistleblower who they made a movie out of called Backstabbing for Beginners. Um, he was, his last name, Su Susan. And, uh, that was his first name. I'm having a brain fart. But anyways, when he was on it, like, so these whistleblowers or these people who've had these amazing stories, like you sit down and you listen and you're learning from their experiences and you're taking in their personal stories. And it, it's just an incredible oppor opportunity to share that with another audience or with a bigger audience. And and you can learn so much from other people's experiences. And uh, so just to have the privilege to have somebody sit down and, and share their personal stories and or share their research or knowledge or perspectives, it's it's truly a pleasure. And because I'm such a uh, a curious person, uh, you know, no two shows are typically the same. You know, I might have some shows in the JFK assassination, I might have some shows in 9-11 but it, you know, it won't be long until I have like a musician on, or I have a nutritionist on, or I have a whatever on, and and you know, because I I get bored with things, and my ADD will kick in, and I'll be like, okay, I've been down this rabbit hole, okay, well, I've been studying this historical um, time uh, 
uh, period in time. And, and now I want to move on to music or I want to move in on to poetry or art or whatever. And uh, so the listeners go on this journey with you. And I'm sure you've experienced it like from episode one to episode 100. You've grown a lot and you probably have changed a little bit. And you um, it's you realize it's not just a journey for you, but it's a journey for all the participants, your your guests like myself grow from the conversations your listeners grow from the conversations you grow from the conversations and it's really a collaboration of everybody and everybody's a part of it and everybody enjoys it and everybody um agrees or disagrees with whatever but if you're being honest and sin- sincere there people are going to connect with it and your i mean your show has blown up and i think people really enjoy how honest you are how sincere you are and that you you, you know you don't ever come off like a fake person you're just being yourself and hoping people can connect and enjoy it and i think that's what people really like like people like people like um authenticity yes yeah that's the word i was looking for yeah without a doubt i mean i love people like you know um i'm not to put any shade on anybody but like there's certain people that are like really well spoken and they can talk about the information and they can talk about whatever but there's a sense of like it doesn't seem a hundred percent organic. Like it seems yeah, like yeah. is their personality shining through? Who are they as a person? Like is this how they are when they're with their friends? Is this how they are when they're with their relatives? Is this who they truly are? <laughs> or are they just kind of doing their spiel? You know, I've had guests on where I'm like, you know, you ask them a question and then they go into the same spiel they go in with many other shows. And I'm just like, okay, I got to uh, you know, get him a little off track so I can yeah shine some light on his true personality and maybe shine some light on some topics or subjects or interests that maybe um he hasn't talked about on other shows so and that's that's always a little bit of a struggle too it's just like finding out um finding out which guests you you rift with the most and trying to uh when you have somebody on like trying to figure out who like how to handle it you know are, are there certain people that like if you disagree with them a little bit you can push back and it turns into a really fun discussion or there's certain people where like if they say something you disagree with you're like okay if i if i talk about this it's going to derail the whole conversation and then you know i really want them to continue talking about this other topic so it's like it it, there is a lot of uh work you know going into it it with you you know your 100th episode obviously a huge deal like is there uh any aspect of podcasting that may be easier than you expected and any aspects of podcasting that you think was harder than expected? It's dude, it's been a grind, bro. Um, I, you know, I've been studying you for the last couple of years. You know, like I said, you were the, I would say after Joe Rogan, but someone that I'll probably never ever meet. Uh, but you know, getting in touch with you 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 really were the kickstarter and i've been studying you uh i showed you my first few episodes they were raw as hell i think i was recording using my phone microphone <laughs> and i took a i i got lucky and the youtube algorithm picked me up and i fucking exploded dude i was on my way to 10k subs in my first year uh, which is pretty phenomenal you know it's pretty damn good without having any other prior experience in anything else you know so i was doing pretty good and then i was following you and um 
it almost seemed like uh you know looking at you you've been steady you've been steady you've been grinding on it at it for years and you you know you just kept going and kept going and you are now you know and i don't you know I, this is my take but you are now at a point where you're doing pretty damn good um a lot of people you know your shows have been downloaded you know what's the union of the unwanted at uh you're hitting up on a million downloads aren't you or are you there yet i think on pod, I, I don't know how that works on on Podbeam. if you look at the the pod pod beam uh numbers it looks like we're yeah we're just right there right around the, there but yeah, yeah that 50 i think we're on like our 50th something episode and, and the, we only do that show every other monday yeah so. yeah it's pretty yeah it's, it's pretty it's, badass but it's all connected man you've been grinding at this for so many years you've been putting episodes out uh you've been putting in the work man listening to you right now talking about your first podcast guess how you would sometimes write these books essentially and then get no response dude i can 100 percent relate to that i've spent and the way i've come to look at it now um is you got to throw these invitations out and the more you throw out uh one or two will get back to you and then out of those one or two one of those might be immediate where you get the thing it's just hard you know i relate to you on so many levels um i also have a full-time job man i work 60 70 hours a week and then a lot of the listeners a lot of the viewers don't realize that it's not as simple as just hitting the stream button and recording there's a lot of preparation when you get a guest uh i sometimes listen to entire audiobooks prior to uh talking to my guest you have to work on the thumbnail you then have to edit the shows so you have a crisp uh looking product if you will and uh, you know my my trajectory was a little different in years in that i started from nothing you know recording was simple as dude my first podcast interview bro i shit you not you know what it was my first podcast interview that i had was with uh, my boy jimmy harris and uh rest in peace he he passed away about a year ago but um he was my first podcast her, our guest and he called me dude i didn't i had to use a cheap ass laptop that would buffer the fuck even on on youtube and then i had him call me on messenger put him on speaker and then his and then i put whenever he spoke i had to stick the phone to my headset uh speaker mic you know what I'm saying? It was so fucking ghetto. But that, it's a learning experience in that. That's how I started. Simple as shit. I used to put a piece of tape on my damn laptop computer. I had no effects. It was just a black screen and audio. <laughs> and, and, and so the growth from now, you know, I've, I've become better at making thumbnails, uh, you know, putting effects on, on the final edited shows, you know, usually when I edit, them out they look they look good you know maybe i'm tooting my own horn but it's because of the time that i spent to it that a lot of people don't never really fully consider you know i just got my one of my first hate comments on rockfin it was like i tuned in to listen to Corey hughes and instead i get this crackhead ranting and raving. 
ranting and raving. I just said, hey, thanks for tuning in, brother. But people don't realize the amount of work and, and, and stuff that you put in on top of your other, you know, your, your real job, quote unquote. And so I guess to answer your, your question in a long-winded answer, uh, things that I didn't realize that went into producing shows like, you know, from start to finish, you're, you're basically, if you don't have any help, you're basically a one man production team, uh, setting up the appointments, uh, running through with the appointments, the research behind it, uh, your thumbnails, the editing process. It's so much fucking hours to producing, uh, a thing. And then, uh, the biggest thing that's been a downer for me, man, the last few months was I did have this blow up where I blew up. I had half a million channel views on my YouTube channel uh, on pace of 10,000 in my first year, blah, blah, blah. And dude, in my live streams, you know, at the peak of my live streams, before I started a live stream, I had 100 people in the live chat waiting, waiting for the fucking stream to start. And... um and I would get about 600 viewers at, at a live stream. And now I'm struggling to get 10, 15, sometimes 40, sometimes 50. For me, after experiencing those highs and then essentially starting from scratch, man, trying to pick my shit up together, uh, I've long moved on from that other shit that got me here. Uh, I'm getting, I'm, I'm having more fun having these conversations with these intellectuals uh badass fascinating people with interesting backgrounds such as yourself ricky i'm having much more fun but since i've been shadow banned on youtube it's literally like starting on scratch uh luckily i i odyssey has been awesome but i've it's been a grind just to get over 500 subs on odyssey you know, I've been grinding it in and grinding it out. Now that I recently got accepted onto this platform, Rockfin, um, I'm hoping things will open up for me. And uh, I want to do my live streams from here. And because that was always my, my bread and butter, man, was live streams, man. Uh, the live chats were always kicking and, and whatnot. And shout out to everyone in the in the live chat right now. Uh, because you guys are the hardcore you guys have followed me everywhere i've gone and there's some of you that only listen to the podcast platforms i want to give you guys a shout out on this 100th episode you guys never say anything you guys never reach out to me but you guys tune in and tune uh tune out every damn week and so i want to send a special love to everyone that tunes in and has been supportive for the last two years and has allowed me to get to episode 100 uh, but yeah, man, it's it's been deflating, bro. The ever since I got deplatformed, it's been. I thought about throwing the towel. I'm not gonna lie. I've told my listeners this a few times. I've thought about throwing it in because I spent so much fucking time and effort. And then when you see a smaller crowd, uh, it it's deflating. But I also. And fully considerate that when I say those things, I'm hurting and, and it's almost like taking a shot at my hardcore uh, people that tune in all the time. So I don't want you guys to take it like that. I am truly appreciative for you guys. Um, and I, I wouldn't have pushed this far hadn't it been without you guys. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, long winded answer to that is the editing process. I didn't realize how much work it took into that. Uh, what I found easier 
is with experience you i've learned to become a better listener um a better host if you will uh you know i know earlier on i was dropping f-bombs like every two seconds <laughs> i still drop those f-bombs but they're more in uh in a more controlled demolition type of way <laughs> because in my early episodes every other word was an f-bomb and that's just the way I, I i was used to speaking you know what i mean i didn't realize until i listened to a lot of my stuff later on like oh man that doesn't sound too good man i need to i need to tone this down and so it's just a learning experience all around you know uh trial and error in doing things um and listening back to your work on places where i could improve i i was a little bit more interruptive at the very beginning uh you know which sounded rude i wasn't trying to be rude but you know it was just part of my nature i suppose uh turning into a better listener has become easier the more i've done it and with more experience uh so a little bit of a long-winded answer but <laughs> there you are yeah well it's funny that a lot of us have that same experience i'm, I'm the same way i I would get sometimes comments like let the freaking guests talk or whatever, because I would have people on who uh, who maybe people were Googling or looking for. And then they expected to hear just like a interview, especially early on, because I feel like Rogan's podcast kind of changed the way people look at podcasts um, because they they're more open minded to just a casual conversation. And they don't think a a podcast if you have a guest on has to be a interview type of format and i would have people on who um were you know really smart really intelligent but i'm trying to have a casual conversation with them and then their fans would get mad at me because uh you know it's like hey you know like they should do more talking or you're doing too much of the talking or whatever and i'm like i don't know I'm, i don't time this you know i'm not trying to figure out um i'm just going with the flow of the conversation it's like there's going to be moments and shows where I'm going to talk a little more and then moments of shows where uh, the other, uh, the guest is going to talk a little more and I'm going to listen a little more. And, um, but as time went by, I'm like, you know what? Like, you know, I'm, I'm almost more fascinated with my guests than I am, whatever, you know, whatever I want to share, you know, to me, it's like, okay, the, what, what, what I'm trying to share isn't super interesting. What they have to say is more interesting. And, it just, you know, you do become a, a naturally better listener and you let people talk a little longer. And, um, but you know, I, I don't, I don't know. It's hard because for people who haven't started podcasts, typically you can't start a podcast if you don't have the ability to talk or hold a conversation, or if you don't truly enjoy conversation and conversation means that it's not just like dominated by one person. I mean, if you enjoy conversation, a true conversation goes both ways. Like somebody shares their ideas. I share my, cause if, if it's just one, one person talking, it's not a conversation, it's a lecture. Yeah. And so if you started a podcast is because you, you're confident in your ability to have a conversation, you enjoy conversation to some sense, you're, you're what some people would say, you're a talker, you enjoy talking, which I, I don't like saying that too often because I don't enjoy talking. I enjoy conversation. I, there's been plenty of people that I'm just like, this This conversation cannot end quick enough. Like, I don't, you know, like, I, I don't want to <laughs> talk. not feeling it. it, yeah. I'm not feeling it. And the thing is, like, if I was just a natural talker, then I'm like, oh, I don't care. I'll, I'll, I'll just wait till they're done. Then I rant. And it's like, you know, because there are those two two types of people where, you know, the people who, who uh, listen and the people who wait for their turn to talk. 
And to for me, it, it's one of those things where, like, I think as time goes by, you you uh, even though those those skills and those talents of being able to to, to talk and hold a conversation, because at the end of the day, you still got to fill audio time. Like, you, if you're doing a, a our podcast you you can't not be able to talk you can't not be able to jump in when maybe the guest is done talking or or whatever or maybe if the conversation's energy is kind of uh, struggling or low um come in and and try to like spark you know spark another interesting topic to discuss uh so yeah i mean you have those those skills and you have those tendencies and then as time goes by you learn like okay I'll use these things when they're more necessary and, and maybe I'll hold back when it's not as necessary because um, if you get somebody who, who never has the urge to want to jump in, you know, while somebody's talking uh, then, you know, it can kind of make for a boring discussion too. Sometimes you have something that's on your mind that you can add to what somebody's saying and you want to hurry up and get it out before, uh, that train leaves because what sometimes what happens is like, okay, I'll wait till they're done. And then by the time they're done, they're on to something else. And you're like, okay, well, should I even bring up that thing that I had, you know, that I was thinking about when he was saying this or do I move on? So there's a, there's a lot to it. The, just being able to hold a conversation, it's a lost art. And some people don't realize how hard it is um, when you hit record. Like it's really easy when you're just with your friends because there's no pressure to keep things interesting. There's no pressure to fill up time there's no pressure um because people are going to be listening there's zero pressure and once you hit record in your front of a microphone for some people it changes a little bit so it's uh but yeah, you know what yeah. it like i always say on my show it's never it never feels like work you know what i mean it it sometimes it feels difficult you know sometimes it's hard to like find interesting new guests that haven't been on everybody else's shows sometimes it's difficult to um, put my thoughts into words and sometimes it's difficult to find energy to when i'm tired to to use my free time when i could be resting or relaxing you know to to go edit and upload and and do all that stuff such um, a grind bro let me let me ask you real quick man i'm sorry to cut you in no, okay. but i think when you have a podcast i think one of those natural qualities that you need as a podcast host is to be an extrovert there's no way around it man you really can't be too introverted to have i've heard some shows like that but they don't really not to talk shit man but they don't really have that energy to keep you captivated man and i think that's one of my draws is that I'm, I'm always full of fucking energy man and anyone that knows me this is me inside and out i'm not putting no damn persona it's it's me 100 of the time and that's what's made me feel good about doing it is that i could be me i didn't have to be uh someone else now the, what i want to ask you man i that's was the biggest downer man when i started seeing the crowds when i got essentially run ran off of youtube when I lost those those crowds, man, I was like an energy vampire, bro. Uh, seeing the loads of people and everything, that's what fueled me, man. I would eat that up, man. I was like a podcast monster, and it just pumped me up, man. I was it was like it was like crack for me. <laughs> and then, now you know, and much love to everyone that tunes in. But uh, 
there's times, man, where I'm like, fuck, dude, do I really need to do this, man? I'm going to spend so many fucking hours. It, it might only get a couple hundred views. Um, you know, I'm doing all these effects and shit. But part of, the, part of it, for me at least, is that maybe one day it's going to grow. And so I want a good product, good quality product for when that time comes, regardless. You know what I mean? So it is worth the time. It's part of i guess my personality anyways to just have shit tip-top shape and not sounding like mediocre shit you know what i'm saying but it is tough man it, it is tough to sometimes find and dig for that energy uh to continue forth man uh and so do you do you feed off of energy uh from your people or or do you find other avenues or do you use that other avenues to get that kind of energy to to push forward yeah. So my motivation, because I never I, I never really got into live streaming too often, but I was like you, I've had those ups and downs. And, you know, I just even recently I, I went through one and, and but when I got kicked off YouTube, same thing. It wasn't so much because I didn't have a huge YouTube following. Um, I don't know. I like 16,000 or 20,000 subscribers, nothing crazy, but not bad for a show that talked about controversial issues. I always um, age restricted my my stuff uh, for the purpose of thinking that like maybe YouTube would leave me alone a little longer, which they did it longer than than others uh, because I think I age restricted myself. So you had to be signed in to to view it and that type of stuff. But the thing is, once I got kicked off YouTube, it wasn't so much just the YouTube platform specifically that really broke my heart but it was the fact that now people googling my show uh got more difficult and it was harder for people to find it and i saw a a noticeably difference uh in my download numbers and traffic and all my you know um all my analytics and, and statistics like everything was kind of like stagnant and then i'm like what is it you know i'm like fuck man they didn't just kill me on youtube they killed me on like everything because google controls just about everything so once you're put on youtube's blacklist you're basically on every blacklist and because everybody gets the results from google so if google blacklists you uh well guess what like DuckDuckGo and all these other platforms also uh adopt their blacklist and when you hear my my recent podcast with dr uh, robert uh, epstein you'll hear more about this he was also on the rogan podcast probably one of the most underrated uh episodes of rogan so i highly yeah, yeah. check that out but he um that's awesome yeah. bro so that was super super discouraging because and i'm just like fuck man i don't care about youtube but like now if people are looking for my show on itunes or whatever like it's going to be more difficult to find everywhere so that you know stuff yeah, like that yeah. does happen but for me the motivation to continue going is not so much i mean obviously feedback from fans is is huge when i get somebody who you know recently i had a uh a, a listener of the show um tell me that him and his wife or him and his fiance uh came together to listen to my show and like they even joked around about sending me an invitation to the wedding just because i was such a the, the uh, show was such a big hey, part did they did they get into any baby making plans with having you the ripple effect in the background oh na 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 <laughs> yeah maybe my, maybe my voice turns them both on i don't know yeah but 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 it was one of those things where i'm like dude that that like and and they're, they they 
they're like, oh, we'd invite you, but we just don't think you would come because it's it's farther away. It's a few states over. But I'm like, just the idea of like, you know, bringing a couple together or, or them bonding over the show. Or when I have like people from all over the world, you know, during the yeah. lockdowns, I had people from the UK, people from, you know, Eastern Europe, Western Europe, um, you know, all parts of Australia. Africa, Australia. And like they're hitting you up. And Hell yeah. Show and and I'm just like you know and and during the lockdown when you're keeping them sane and they're you know thanking you for that it's just it's it's awesome but you know it it does get discouraged uh, discouraging when big tech is not on your side and they're not helping you um, but when I finish a good episode when I finish a a episode you know like uh, I'll use this uh, as a example because it was a recent example when I had Dr. Robert Epstein on. Epstein, sorry. Uh, uh, when I had him on, I like I finished that episode, and I'm like, "This is special. This is important. This is the, like I, I'm contributing something by recording this and sharing it with people and putting it out there." And you just have this sense of fulfillment, like I'm doing something good in the world, and I'm not sure how much of an impact it's having. I don't know how many people are listening. I don't know how many. Um, people are being motivated or moved or inspired or whatever, but I know somebody is and, and it's worth doing. And uh, so that's kind of my motivation when you have those amazing episodes where you're like, you know what, like that was a, a awesome conversation. People are going to, uh, people are going to enjoy it as much as I enjoyed per participating in it. And, uh, and that's kind of my motivation. But even recently you to talk about these ups and downs, as and I don't think I've, I've talked about this on the air, probably because I, I didn't want people to kind of twist it or make it a bigger deal than it really was. But uh, when when Sam was on the Rogan podcast, I found out that he was on the Rogan podcast by and it was it was the timing. I think emotionally it kind of messed me up a little bit because the timing of it. So I was, you know, late night, whatever it was like a Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever it was. Um, whenever he he was in studio and recorded at uh, Joe, Joe Rogan's um, studio. And for people who are listening who might not um, know who Sam Tripoli is, he he hosts the Tinfoil Hat podcast. He's also one of our co-hosts on the other show I uh, I do called The Union of the Unwanted. And Sam, he's Rogan's best friend or one of Rogan's good friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's very close to Rogan. And uh, he hasn't been on the show in a long time. And this was his first appearance back and I found out about him being on the show late at night. It was like, I don't know. I had my, I usually put my phone on airplane mode uh, late at night. So I, I notifications don't keep me up. And so, you know, I don't look at my phone and then, you know, next thing you know, I'm, I'm scrolling on whatever. And uh, so I have it on the airplane mode, but I was up, I was listening to, uh, you know, trying to fall asleep, listening to a couple podcasts and uh and i couldn't fall asleep and then i was thinking about because as a podcaster you're always thinking about like okay how do i expand my platform like what what could i be doing differently and um I, I recently got on substack and i'm like you know what for the longest time i've been against like sending out emails um to pe to listeners you know and you know people i've richard grove and others have have said hey rick you should do a email list uh you know and, and all this stuff and i'm like i don't know i don't know if i want to email people all the time like Project Veritas or whoever, uh, just constantly sending emails like, "Oh, new video, new video," you know what? Uh, I'm like, I don't. I'm like, if people like it, they'll they'll just listen to it. And 
Uh, but every once in a while, you're like, dude, maybe it's not enough because I've been doing my show since 2013. And so many people have said, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And I'm like, listen, if I just put out and, and I don't know, maybe I just keep thinking that I'm going to be as as lucky as Joe was in regards to like just doing what you love and doing what you think is important and and just focusing on the art itself, the art of the conversation, the art of the podcasting, and then things will fall into place on their own. And um, but I'm you know, I sometimes you think like, okay, maybe I should be doing more in regards to marketing or, or being creative and, and, and getting the word out there. Or, and, um, and other times I'm like, fuck all that stuff. I barely have time to, to just record book guests, edit and upload. I'm like, let me just do that part. And, and everything else will, you know, kind of just fall into place. But long story short, I'm in the middle of the night. I can't sleep. I'm th- all these things are going through my head. I'm thinking about like, should I be doing more? Should I not be doing more? Um, you know, I've been doing this since 2013. Sometimes even even uh, uh, seeds of doubt and and um, and moments of doubt uh, seep into my consciousness, and I start thinking about like, okay, all the hours that I've you know um, had away from my wife, my kids, my my um, even my full time job. How many hours am I at my full time job? Where I'm thinking about my podcast, I'm thinking about like, fuck, I got a amazing conversation. I need to find time to upload it. Um, or I have uh, some amazing guests that I want to have on. I need to find time to try to get their, in contact with them to have them on and book them or whatever. And and I'm not I'm not mentally there, right? So I'm like neglecting my full time job. So it's like I could be helping myself if I was more consciously there at my job. If I spend a little bit more time with my friends and family. So there's a lot of sacrifices that are made to to to. Uh, pursue a passion project like we do, especially at our age where we have all these other responsibilities. And um, so middle of the night, I get a, I turn on my phone because I'm like, you know, I'm like, I can't sleep. I'm like, fuck it. Let me just catch up on some emails because uh, I believe there's some emails that I haven't, um, you know, uh, read yet or whatever. I turn on my phone and I get a, a text message from Sam saying, I'm so sorry. Uh, I uh, I feel super bad. Uh, that uh, I didn't bring up um, the show, uh, and I'm like, what? What? I'm like, I'm lost. I'm like, and and that wasn't, I think, exactly how he worded, but it was like more or less that's how he worded it. And I'm just like, what the fuck is he talking about? But he, Sam, Charlie Robson, and Midnight Mike, we have a group text where we always uh, keep each other updated on upcoming shows, what we're doing, and whatever. You know, it's kind of our our union unwanted chat. Uh, group uh, text message chat where we we stay connected and we talk about upcoming shows and and that whole project and uh, that's where he wrote it and I'm like I'm thinking to myself he hasn't been on Rogan's in a long fucking time and I'm like could he have been on Rogan's is he referring to Rogan so then I go on Instagram and I don't know where I find the picture if it's on Sam or Rogan's Instagram page but I see a picture of them together and I'm like are you fucking kidding me like and and i was in that moment i was upset and i was uh, i wasn't so much upset i was uh, i was heartbroken i was heartbroken because i truly believed that if you work hard then luck and hard work will cross paths eventually you know it's like that saying and you've probably heard me say on my show like you'll never have a viral video if you stop doing videos like the only you know, whatever cha- uh, cha- chance you may have in having a viral video or for a podcast to explode, like pretend there's a 1% chance that this video is going to go viral or, uh, you know, whatever. 
um well if we never post it and we never create it then there's a zero percent chance so the one percent chance it's much better than a zero percent chance so like you I, you know i always kind of keep reminding myself like hard work and luck will cross paths eventually anybody who eventually got lucky you know they would have never got lucky if they stopped doing it and they and and they gave up sooner you know it's always because they kept doing it kept doing it kept doing it and then maybe they had that guest that had a episode blow up or maybe they had a, a segment in a a podcast that went viral or whatever um so it's like you just kind of keep doing it so you work so hard and you and and you sacrifice so much of your family life uh your finances you know money goes into equipment goes into bandwidth storage um you know being on all these platforms running my website you, you know uh you know as, as you know i use content safe um all these uh uh, uh you know uh, companies you work with and to try to get your show out there and 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 whatnot and it's just you know it's one of those things where like it was a it felt like a missed opportunity and it was like you work your ass off for just and who knows if you brought up the union don't want it on the show and you had a short little discussion on it who knows would it be life-changing probably not w would it would it you know uh give me the opportunity to do this full time i don't know but it's just like it would have been huge bro yeah, yeah. I, you, so the only thing we, we we got out of his appearance was in the show description you know, um, I, I I think I was one of the first ones to see that because I, I I think I sent you a screenshot and uh, and Charlie a screenshot, um, because I listened to the episode as soon as it came out, and then I looked at the description. I'm like, oh shit, he didn't talk about you guys. However, I mean, at at least it's on the goddamn description, man. Uh, which he didn't have to do either, and he, he did it. You know, and so. It, it, it's one of those things, man. I, I fully, fully feel your pain in that, man. I mean, it's just a missed opportunity. But at the same time, I mean, uh, just to put myself, if I could, in, in Sam's shoes, I mean, he's on the the world's biggest platform, and they're talking. You're going to forget shit. I'm sure that wasn't the only thing he forgot to mention. I'm, he probably had a million other things that he wished he could have brought up, you know, especially conspiracy-wise, and Joe kept steering it away. So, yeah. I, I'm sure there was probably he's you know there was a million other things, but man, I I, I still think that was huge, man. And and you know just a side oh, note, per what's that? Oh, go ahead. Go I ahead, man. Just gonna say, oh, I was just gonna say my my my, um, my point of bringing that all up was because I wanted to relate with your feelings. Like yeah, I know yeah. I've I've also had experiences throughout this journey where I've had moments where I'm like, why? Like why, why the fuck even do, you know, I remember that Sunday, uh, or that m next Monday when we had a union don't want it. I thought about canceling the whole thing. I was so, <laughs> I'm serious. Like, I'm not I, laughing at you, bro. I'm I, just like, I know I'm, I'm not laughing to like make fun of you. I'm laughing as a like, dude, I fully fucking, yeah. I can fully relate. That's, that's the reason I'm giggling. I sometimes, I, people think that I'm laughing at them when no, I'm fucking fully relating. You know what I'm saying? No, I, I, you were laughing because you probably have felt the exact same way Fuck yeah, yeah dude yeah. Fuck yeah. And, and and so it's like we all go so it, it's like anything right it's like it's like um when they say that like instagram and facebook and all these things cause depression with people because you see all of these happy people smiling going on vacations taking pictures of their beautiful cars whatever it may be their beautiful houses and if you don't have that stuff you feel like what the fuck am i doing wrong like why am i so unlucky 
and and yet you don't realize like behind the scenes like they're just not taking pictures of their domestics and they're fighting and they're cheating and all that other stuff they're only sharing the good things but there's a lot of bad things too and there's ups and downs and everything and and um it's similar to podcasting like from the outside looking in it looks like i'm just scrolling i'm this like you know, confident person who's doing like this podcast and everything's going great. And, and, um, I couldn't be happier and, and I get all these amazing guests and there, and don't get me wrong. There's plenty to be grateful for. I'm a big believer of like, you know, your worst day is somebody else's best day. And you can always find, you know, we should spend more time, um, talking about and, and thinking about the things that we're grateful for and the things we do have, and not so much time thinking about the things we don't have, but you know, I'm human and we're all human. And we all have moments of weaknesses and we all have moments of emotionally uh, being weak, mentally being weak, where, you know, something like that happens and all of a sudden you get discouraged. And it wasn't about that situation. It was about like every once in a while, these these thoughts of doubt like seep into your head where you think about like, OK, why? Like, why am I investing so much of my personal time doing this? Like, is it worth it? Is it, should I spend more time maybe around my kids or my what? You know, and I, and again, it's not that I don't. I mean, anybody who follows me on social media knows I, I, I'm constantly doing things with my kids and, and my family, but it's a balancing act, right? I still, something needs to be sacrificed. I only have 24 hours in a day. I need to sleep. I need to, you know, uh, work. I need to do certain things. So some part of my day is being sacrificed so I could do this. And, you know, so you think about like, okay, is it worth it? Is it, is it, you know, you, you think about those things and you have those struggles and you have, and, and you just kind of keep, you have to kind of believe in the process and you got to believe in what you're doing. And you have to remind yourself that if you don't do it, that itch that led me down this path of finally pulling the trigger and investing this much time and money and effort uh, into this podcast, that itch is always going to be there. And I'm going to itch at it. I'm going to itch at it. And and maybe I can shut it all down and think that it's all going to go away and that itch is going to go away. But guess what? I'm going to be um, done podcasting and I'll be listening. To, I'll always be a fan of podcasts. So I'll be listening to your show or somebody else's show. And, uh, and I'll be like, fuck, man, maybe I shouldn't have quit. Maybe, you know, what if, what if, what if, what if I didn't stop? What if you don't want that regret lingering, man? So you just got to keep at it. And that's, that's, you, I know we talk about 90 minutes, so I'm going to let you go here soon, but I just wanted, I wanted to thank I got, you, man. What's I could that? go, I could go another, you know, 10, 15 minutes. So you don't have to rush too much. <laughs> yeah, You know me, dude, any, if you're new to me, I, I do these, marathon podcast man um i can go on for hours and hours and hours that's why i got into podcasts god damn it because i can i'm a chatterbox but uh no man watching you for the last couple of years not only as a fan but as a friend as a homie um i try not to bother you as much i just you know every now and then chime in uh but that's one of the biggest takeaways that i personally have taken from you is how your perseverance, man, to keep trudging, you know, keep sloshing forward, man, even when she isn't looking good. Because to me, you look rosy and happy on top of the world. The shit that you just shared with us, uh, you know, about the Rogan uh, deal, I, I would have never, never figured that. But that's a human, it's completely human and, and com completely relatable, dude. As you broke it down, dude, I could... Put myself in your shoes man just a huge fucking letdown but at the same time 
look how much else you have accomplished pretty much on your own man uh and and through networks that you've done man you've grown substantially man and the ability that you have had to have these high level intellectual uh conversations with real intellectuals you know the, these top notch doctors um in their respective professions man is is something that I have applauded you from the very beginning, and you continue to get better at that. So, I'm, dude, I'm I'm super thankful that that you uh that you were able to come on for episode 100, man. And and I've watched your growth. Uh, the people that followed me have have watched the growth on this channel. Some of them tuned in for every single minute of those that. 10 and a half hour podcast every single minute of the two eight and a half hour podcast uh when, when you get that kind of feedback that you that you have hardcore folks that are willing to listen and follow you and make those sacrifices because that's been the biggest thing man that, that's been the biggest kicker from getting the platform off of youtube youtube is so goddamn convenient and to get people to follow you either to your like what you have you have your personal website where you have all your links um to get them to go there james corbett has that same issue it's super hard to get people out of that convenience mindset and then they hear of a new platform that they've never heard of uh, fear comes in i don't know if i want to try it but so far i've read from the people in the live chat this is my first live stream on rockfin i want to continue to do more here uh and continue to grow and if you're you are just watching please follow me there this channel is going to keep growing like it has everywhere else but um it, it, it's always a it's always a challenge to start somewhere new but the feedback that i've received is that this is so much better than odyssey as far as the live stream uh experience i'm still not i'm not going to leave odyssey i'm still going to for example when i'm done editing this i will upload it to odyssey i love odyssey and i can't i'm super thankful for the opportunity they gave me when it, i got shut down from everywhere else uh but their their streaming ability and lack thereof you know or lackluster uh has really hindered dude when i when i first announced i was going to odyssey my first live stream i had um i had 1500 views or something like that uh, i had over 100 people in the live chat and i was bummed out about that i was like dude 100 people because i was used to 600 bro now in retrospect that's pretty fucking good for odyssey man that's pretty fucking that's you're talking about almost brett weinstein weinstein type of levels so the issue that i had that i then ran into was all the buffering issues you know the constant issues with the you know live streaming software at odyssey and that pushed a lot of people away so a lot of those potential people that were willing to follow me over because of those bad experiences stopped following me altogether but the people that have held on and still follow me here it sounds like they've had a great experience here on rockfin so um this may be the new platform where we do our live streams from uh we'll see how it plays out but um yeah dude i it, it's it's almost a new chapter even though it's a episode 100 but it's almost like a a new chapter in many ways man because it's a it's a new platform i, I want to continue to get better i want to explode bro i um I don't know what are your maybe you could touch on it real quick but your reasons for getting big my reasons for getting big i don't it would be awesome to do this full time 
but I'm not looking to do that. I'm not looking to be a millionaire off of this. My my reason is to get these conversations out, man. Make you think, make you reassess because everything we've been told as we touched on earlier, you have to question it, man. Even the the biggest of historical events, you have to question. And so um for me, it's just getting the word out. That's why I want to grow. I want this show to have 10,000 followers on Rockfin or 20,000, whatever the hell it may be and may grow up uh, being into. Uh, real quick, my man, what, what's your reasons to grow in the show? Um, and is that a motivating factor for you? Yeah, well, without a doubt. I mean, as you know, I, I always tell people my show's open source, posted share it put it anywhere you want uh i'm not gonna flag you or get you in trouble or anything like that i just want to get the conversations out there uh the purpose of trying to do it full time is just so i could put do more of these what i think are important conversations and spend more time uh mentally and, and physically actually working on the show uh and uh, i'm the same way like i could care less about getting a bigger house or a newer car or uh financially having uh, more money in the bank. I, if I could just sustain my way of life right now and doing something that I love and I think is important, I'm completely okay with that. I'm not looking like you're like you said. I'm not looking to get rich. And um and if you'd keep doing what you're doing, man, you're 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 killing it. The show, uh, you know, it's you had you found your niche. You know, you're a uh, endurance athlete in the live streaming world. <laughs> and you're you know. <laughs> You can, uh, you know, you, that's what makes you special is the fact that you can have these historically long live streams and you can, um, you know, people enjoy that. People uh, enjoy knowing that like this conversation could go in many different directions because, it, it, you know, they're long, they're absolutely long form conversations and and um, and you have fun. You're, you're, you know, you're always full of energy. Uh, that's contagious. And, uh, and I think people really enjoy that. And. Um, it's just a matter of finding, like you said, finding another platform that uh, you can kind of build that network again, um, you know, or you could do what, uh, you know, some uh, podcasters do where they live stream multiple uh, platforms all at once. And that seems to help a lot. I know that um, like Red Pill 78 and a couple other people who, uh, you know, when they live stream, they live stream on like, you know, on I think they Odyssey. use Restream, right? Restream will I get you everywhere. Uh, if I'm yes, not mistaken. Exactly. Yeah. 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 You uh restream will, will get you ev everywhere. And what you could do also too is is uh maybe stream your first like 30 minutes on a YouTube channel. Um keep it like PG and then tell everybody like hey, you want to keep listening? Like come over. That's what I've been doing, bro. On that oh, so oh. yeah, I've got a YouTube channel with nearly 700 subs. It's like my fucking fourth or fifth one restarting so this one this time around i've been keeping it 100 rated g uh i do a we a wheezy's weekend wind up where i cover like the top stories new stories and then i put them on my podcast as well but then afterwards even if i don't have a guest i'll do a live stream call-in show type of deal and i usually tell people okay in 30 minutes we're gonna be on odyssey we shut it down on youtube and then we go to odyssey that's what i've been doing uh and the wheezy weekend windups have been doing pretty good i um good crowds dude if you ever have a saturday at 4 p.m eastern you got 30 minutes of time they're only 30 minutes you could share a couple of news articles we alternate i share one i've been getting guests lately on and um that's a good way to get you going and and the show does real good man it gets 
even on the podcast platforms it, it does fairly well but yeah that's what i've been doing man just do a rated g version on youtube and then we uh bring that bitch over to odyssey but i may start doing these live streams on rockfin and then just uploading it to odyssey we'll figure it out man it's just the, at the end of the day you just gotta keep grinding man keep grinding and grinding yeah. and keep pushing and, and live stream i i know am wake up with uh you know steve from slow news day and uh pasta from convo couch they do their morning show every morning i believe they even did one today uh and um they they live stream on rockfin but they also live stream i think on i don't know if it's rumble and and some other places so it's like if you can find a way to live stream on all of them you know even if you only have a few people watching on rumble a few people watching on odyssey a few people watching rockfin um you know one of the platforms might blow up and and you also might get you know some listeners and, and watchers from different uh different platforms so it's it's worth giving a try and uh, and again we, we're all kind of in this like land of the loss because we don't know which platform we should invest all our time and effort into uh we don't know which one's going to blow up or which one um we're going to find the biggest audience on uh so you know if you can dibble dabble in all of them that's why my show's everywhere it's on you know well it's not on youtube anymore i have a little clips video or channel but it's on Bandot video it's on odyssey it's on you know rockfin it's it's everywhere they let me post it's on float float uh also lets you live stream and uh so it, it just it's just one of those things where I'm like, you know what, post it as many places as I can. And uh, hopefully, you know, one of them will take off a little bit. But it, it's, uh, you know, like you said, just keep grinding, keep doing what you're doing, keep doing what you love. You'll find, you know, you'll get to that uh, huge audience again, I'm sure. And as Odyssey and Rockfin and all these other shows, these other channels uh, keep growing, I think you're going to grow. And the thing about Rockfin, too, is that they're uh they seem people seem to do pretty good on rockfin in regards to live stream i know ryan from last american vagabond he live streams on a bunch of different channels but um you know on rockfin his rockfin channel has uh, grown same thing with am wake up with uh steve and pasta uh their live stream. people like live streams because it's like it, you're in that moment with them and you're anything that happens like you're there to witness it you're you're there to listen to it and there's no editing there's no um what if you know this part yeah. was edited out or whatever it's like you're literally in you know you're part of the process w uh, with them and the listeners can can chime in and give their perspectives and opinions so um i i get why people like rock yeah the live chat yeah because when you're involved in the live chat i've i've always had lucky to have some lively live chats but uh you you become part of the show you're interacting and you're discussing it in real time and you make some friendships and, and bonds that way. And yeah, dude, I've had definitely live. I've always loved it, man, because you don't know what the hell is going to happen. Uh, I've had some real, real epic ones <laughs> in the past that have caught up people by by complete surprise um to this day man, like holy shit that one you did bro that is the best live stream i've ever ever seen man and you get those kind of things and that's what um pumps you up and and keeps you going ricky man can't thank you enough where can people find you uh well like like i said before it's the, sh the video versions of the episodes are just uh, about available everywhere except youtube so it's on rockfin bitshoot odyssey rumble mines um, um i'm probably forgetting a couple other places it's also now on substack also 
Uh, I believe that's just the audio. Um, but I'll double ch- double check that. But you can find all the links on my website, RippleEffectPodcast.com. Um, the audio is available everywhere: Spotify, iTunes, um, Podcast Addict, whatever app you're using, Google Podcasts. And uh, I know that some people, some listeners um, of late, the last couple months, have been contacting me about uh, issues with Spotify. Uh, you know, either not finding my show or not being updated when there's new episodes so uh so i don't know you know i mean i like using podcast addicts never once had an issue it was one of the first apps uh, i used back when i started uh podcasting and i get the rss feed right from uh the the podcast itself there's no middleman there's nobody uh tinkering with it or whatever so it seems like the best place obviously shows like rogan's where they're exclusively on one platform you can't get that there but um, just about every other podcast is, is available on there and uh, it's awesome. And I can't thank you enough for having me. It's a truly a pleasure to be on your hundredth episode. Um, it, it's, it's amazing thing you have going on. Uh, my heart is broken that you when, when YouTube uh, bombed your channel, but I, I truly believe if you keep working at it and you keep going at it, you'll find your niche again. You'll find that audience or that audience will find you and and uh and you'll be back to that that spot again and hopefully you'll be on a platform that doesn't censor you so when the when the channel grows you can sustain it and keep growing it and and don't ever get discouraged man uh, i want to share those stories with you not because um you know uh for i mean basically for no other reason besides the fact that i just want to let you know that we we all go through that yeah. we all go through those ups and downs we all have those those moments where just like why the fuck am i doing this and uh but you just keep going and um and and just keep it, it, it motivates man when you hear it from from people that you look up to you know like like I do with you uh it shows that it's just it's a natural th- feeling i guess we are human at the end of the day and uh just keep p- plugging away man plugging away and-, and you've had some amazing guests on man you've had some amazing guests you've had some amazing shows and if you like i always say i'm like you know, when you look at like somebody who uh, a band, sometimes people talk about like one hit wonders, right? I'm like, well, if they're capable of writing one amazing song, they should be capable of, of writing another amazing song. And yeah. it's same thing. You were capable of building this amazing uh, following on YouTube live streaming. I know you're capable of doing it again. And you just got to keep going at it and figure, you know, you'll figure it out. The thing about many of us podcasters, because we're a one man team and um, we can, everything's on us and you know we have that sometimes it's hard to deal with all that responsibility of trying to figure out like everything on your own like you said you you first time live streaming rockfin you didn't have somebody to ask you had to fucking figure it out yourself and 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 tinker with it and and kind of learn on your own (laughs) it took a couple minutes but we got it done yeah and you (laughs) you don't have a team or whatever but uh, also means that you have the type of personality that you don't take no for answer you don't not do something because it's hard you just you you have that mentality of like i'm gonna figure it out i'm gonna do it i'm gonna figure it out i'm i'm gonna um learn something new even if it's difficult i'm going to uh try something that might be scary and, and different or whatever but uh but you have that kind of uh you know hustler grinding type of it is man but that rejection i i've always been someone that i don't handle rejection uh good and there's times where I get rejected and it really bums me the fuck out. And then there's other times where I get rejected or I feel I get that feeling of rejection and 
it motivates me. I'm like, no, fuck that. I'm not taking that as an answer. I'm going to keep pushing through. So, but that's like a constant struggle with me, man. I, how are you when it comes to those kind of things, man? Like when you, it doesn't have to be any specific instances, but you know what I mean? That, that feeling of rejection or, or anything like that. What's oh, your well, way of handling it? I mean, sometimes I feel like if, if, uh, guests that I really respect that I want on the show, if they don't want to be on, like, I feel, you know, you get that sense of like, maybe they just don't like my show. Maybe they don't like me. Maybe they, you know, you have all these things. Um, when a listener or somebody writes a, a mean review or tweets at you or whatever, like, yeah, I mean, it all has a little bit of an effect on you, but I think as time goes by, you have thick skin and you become much more confident in who you are and what you're doing. And that's kind of the way I've been like back in the day, like that, if somebody wrote something like shut the hell up, like, you, you know, you're talking too much or whatever, like whatever negative comment I might've gotten from time to time, uh, I would get mad at myself. Cause I'm like, I, all these people wrote nice shit. And all I'm doing is focused on this one dickhead who had nothing else <laughs> to do. Who, who, yeah. who you know, um, felt the need to have to write something negative when they could have easily just hit stop and moved on to another podcast they like better, and and yet they they listened to it and and then wrote a, a and negative. they took the time to talk shit. That's what I don't yeah. I, ne I yeah. never understood. Yeah, and because I don't and all the shows I don't like. Guess what? Nobody knows who they are. What shows those are? Because I don't go around writing about them. I don't go around yeah. talking about them. I don't go like if I don't like them. Why ponder on? I move on. I find something I do like. Guess no, what? Not no. everybody's gonna like everything. Like there's some music out there that I absolutely hate that people adore and think is genius and 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 moves them and and is inspirational to them and is a huge part of their life or whatever. And and for whatever reason, I can't relate to it or I don't like it or I don't connect with it. And then there's music I absolutely love. I mean, there's music that gives me goosebumps when I listen to it that I'm like, oh my God, this is just hits a chord with me that somebody else might listen to and think it's dog trash. So it's like, to me, it, it's everybody has their own thing. And just because somebody doesn't like my show, like it doesn't, I don't take it personally because I'm like, okay, maybe my show is just not for you. And um, hopefully they find the show that is for them. Uh, or maybe it's some internal negativity that they're just externally taken out on people. And after a while, like I try to be nice to everybody. I mean, I think that's one thing that's really helped with like my success with like booking guests is that I try to get along with everybody. I don't shit on anybody. Um, I mean, we know you were big in a 9-11 uh, thing topic. I was too. And we know very well people who were in, you know, into researching 9-11, uh, how many people would shit on each other because they didn't agree on certain uh, yeah. specifics of the events. And I just like, why? Like we're all on one the same... little thing and you discard everything else. It's so exactly. fucking stupid, yeah. man. It's retarded. It was, so, it was so frustrating. Like, it's like, okay, maybe you disagree with this person on this one thing, you know, but they're still on your team because they're trying to expose the criminals that actually are responsible for the acts. So it's like, regardless if if like some forensic, uh, evidence can be debated or whatever like we're still on the same team they're on my so why would i shit on them why would i yeah. shit on their their work like to me it's much more important to be like okay we're all on the same team maybe we disagree on some things but you know what hats off that you're taking the time and energy to go out there and and uh and 
um, you know, research it and expose it and whatever. And so to, to me, like being nice, to every, like I'm nice to everybody. I, I try to be honest when I'm wrong and, and when I get things wrong or when I don't know something. And uh, so anybody who, who might have something negative to say, I'm just like, I don't care because either one, they don't really know me. And um, because a, a lot of times you read a negative comment and you're like, this motherfucker didn't listen to the whole show. Like that's not even, <laughs> that's not even fully true. Like they'll write something and, but and you're, if you ahead. really think about it, man, it's just like the, the people that critique Joe Rogan, all these people that talk shit about him, you know, on a bigger scale. So if it happens to him, it's going to happen to us as well. But a lot of these people that, that critique Joe Rogan, if you read their articles or whatever, you could tell, you could tell they've never listened to more than five minutes of one entire show. Uh, and then they make these big ass speeches, oh, homophobe and transphobe and all this fucking bullshit. And it's quite apparent, you know, by the way they've written their, their piece or, or said their piece that they really don't know what the fuck they're talking about. So when, when I get these kind of comments, like I told you, my very first hate um, Rockfin comment came in. And it gives you the option to block and delete. I'm not going to do any of that, man. If you want to talk shit, go ahead. I just gave them a little lovey face, but they called me a crackhead and I'm a fucking idiot. And I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I've never seen this character in my life. Uh, they were huge fans of my homie, Corey Hughes, but apparently I, I fucking ruined it. <laughs> so they threw in their thumbs down like, ah, damn, maybe there's a bigger issue at play, you know, because... He obviously hasn't been tuning in week in and week out. You know, he just came in, made his uh, made his comment on just that show. I've never seen this fucker before. You know what I mean? If this was someone that was week in, week in, week out tuning in and saying this, I would take it a little bit more serious. But when it's something like that, I don't give a fuck. You're a fucking clown, bro. I don't know who the hell you are. It's not going to affect me. I'm going to keep doing my shit. That's a really good... If it's a listener who, you know, has been a... a, a somebody who's been a loyal listener for a while and they have like a little bit of a critique on something like I'm going to pay attention to it and I'm going to consider it. And I'm like, okay, maybe they are making a valid point, you know, but I, I have a Patreon page. If somebody on my Patreon page writes me a message and they say something, I'm going to consider it because I'm like, Oh, they're financially contributing to the show. They believe in the show. They're a fan of the show. If they have a critique, it's not because they're just trying to be, a douche or they're trying to be rude or they're just one of those people who who go around saying negative things all the time um it's somebody who who maybe really has a concern about something or has a, a true critique that i should consider so without a doubt like most of the time it's not even somebody who even knows the show or listens to the show or whatever you know it's like sometimes i'll, I'll read a comment of like oh this guy's an idiot you need to talk to blah 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 and it's like uh i'll, I'll look at the comment i'm like I, I've had that person on. So it's like, they don't even know what you're talking about. You know, so it's it's just one of those things where just like, you know, I, I, I'm i very much like, um, I believe Rogan when he says he he just posts and, and leaves and he doesn't even read comments or whatever. I believe that's very possible because that's exactly how I handle it. I don't care what people say. Like people who know me, like you and like Charlie and Sam and, and, you know, Miriam Hanin and the Grimerica guys and and uh, Jason Burmis and and all these James Corbett and and people who, you know, I've considered, you know, consider friends and people who who know me for a long time. Like if you guys had something to say, 
uh, a critique, I'd listen and I'd consider it because I know you guys wouldn't be saying it just to be rude or just to to to, to be a jerk. You'd be uh, sharing if you're sharing it it's because you, you truly think it's worth sharing. Constructive criticism, man. Yeah. It, it, there's a difference between that and just straight up talking shit and trying to bring someone down. You know, be either for jealousy or or other vindictive reasons, man. So. That's what it comes down to at the end of the day. Dude, we did almost two fucking hours, man. I hate dragging it on. And it always happens, but I try to keep an eye on it. My man, Ricky, we're definitely going to do another one down the road. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> do another, you know, another hundred at, at least. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah. Dude, I, you've been awesome, man. I, I, I'm, I'm so thankful that you came on to for 100. But I want to let people know uh, Ricky is a down-to-earth genuine human being a caring individual uh not big-headed uh just a all-around truly truly genuine good person uh follow him at his website ripple effect podcast he's also the host of the union of the unwanted and uh he just go down his list you know a lot of times when you follow podcasts you only look for the recent episodes always go back to through someone's back catalog you'll miss a lot of gems there's gonna be a lot of shit they're like oh damn i didn't know he spoke with this person and you're gonna catch a lot of good shit and ricky you're on episode how many hundreds you're like in the 400s are you yeah i think i'm at 430 yeah something like that so he's um, had the opportunity to have tons and tons of fascinating conversations. So go through his back catalog. Uh, don't just go with his recent shit. Uh, go through the back catalog and you will not be disappointed. You will become a fan as as I have become a fan of his. And I feel privileged not to just be a fan, but a friend of Mr. Ricardo Barandas. Can't thank you enough, my man. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me. It was truly a pleasure. I wish you the best of luck. Hopefully we can do this again and, and keep killing it, man. It, it's just, uh, don't, you know, just know whenever you get discouraged, we're, we're, you know, we, we all go through those ups and downs and we all, uh, go through it, but it, it's a, I think you, your message and you sharing that with your listeners, um, a lot of people can relate it to whatever they're doing in their lives, you know, cause we all have sometimes the, the feeling of wanting to give up and, um, we kind of just have to fight through that and and uh, just keep going. So it's a you know, hundred episodes is is nothing to uh, to 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 you know to minimize. I mean, that's a huge huge deal. I know there's a lot of podcasts out there, so a lot of people think like, oh, hundred episodes is not a big deal. But the amount of hours and time, investment and energy you have spent to put together a hundred episodes. I couldn't, well, hours, you you take that to another level because you live stream for so, you, you're live streaming <laughs> for so long. Who knows how many hours. And these are just the number podcasts. If you go to my Odyssey channel, I've got other videos and other live streams. Uh, so supposedly I'm at over 160 uh, when you combine all my content together. But uh, yeah, oh, wow. man, it, it, it's just a fee. It, it, I don't, don't take it lightly, man. 100 is something that i am proud of especially given the the rocky road you know to get here been hobbling on the way over here but hopefully we this is like a pit stop where we get some gatorade rejuvenate and uh get back in tip-top shape and fucking get another get a second life if you will (laughs) but you know uh, it's funny yeah every time i hit milestone I also feel like, okay, this is like the new, even, I'm like, even though it's just a number, I'm like, I, I feel like it's a new chapter. I feel like uh, it gives me a little bit of extra motivation. It's like, oh my yeah. God, I hit this milestone. 
like I'm a little bit more motivated now. You know, I have a little bit more energy, a little bit more motivation to put out episodes and, and whatnot. So, uh, you know, hopefully this gives you. That's a- what I look at it, dude, like a marathon, you know, like you're doing a triathlon or a marathon and then you've got these little pit stops along the way because it's a grueling process, man. And this is how I'm looking at episode 100. Uh, first one here on Rockfin. So it's kind of special, man. First live stream at a Rockfin. Uh, hopefully this is the new beginning of, of things to come. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but dude, thank you so much, man. We're definitely going to keep in contact, keep smashing it out of the park. Follow him on the union of the unwanted where they have great conversations every, every other Monday, right? First and third Monday of the month. Is that what it is? Generally speaking? Uh, yeah, generally it's every other Monday. I we actually typically uh I think we're supposed to have one tonight, but because of Labor Day and a lot of people being busy, we figure we push it back another week. So uh next week, Monday, seven PM Eastern time on Rockfin. Uh Wheezy has been on there. We'll have to have you on another Dude, one. I've at- been there three times. I forgot yeah. to add that. By extension, I felt connected to the Rogan podcast because of that. So that's another way to take it. By extension, seeing the Union of the Unwanted on a Joe Rogan podcast description made me feel good. I was like, dude, by extension, there's a weird ass connection. As faint as it may be or as little as it may be, it, it, I did feel special about it. So that's another perspective on it uh from a former guest on that i mean that's the thing about that show that's so special it's like as that show grows hopefully we help everybody grow like we all grow together and we all um you know we can we can use that platform to help expose people to new shows help uh maybe increase the the rate of popularity for certain shows it's just like it's such an awesome community and we're doing another one i think uh like i said uh next week uh the 12th and uh i believe we're gonna do a uh, ufo supernatural type of show um if that's not your style then maybe chris um, matthew bro that that'll be a good guess right there yeah our mutual homie chris matthew He's a hey. so, somewhat of a uf ufologist if you will <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 he's a he's a he's a, he's a, i don't know if we've reached out to him yet but if we haven't he definitely should be somebody who should who should come he's on the one and... that got me on rockford man so shout out to you chris oh uh, yeah, yeah dude yeah. he he made this awesome recommendation uh to rockfin and rockfin got me on because not everyone can get on rockfin so i do I think a good thing because that's people who go on Rockfin will find only, you know, good content. content. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to find a, a lot of, uh, you know, bad stuff. So it, it kind of, they weeds out. That's yeah. a little better. Yeah. So without a doubt. So, and of course, as in the past, if you ever need help with, with anything, I'm, I'm more than happy to help you out. And, uh, you know, we're, we're a community and, and that's the beautiful thing about the podcast world is that, um, everybody not everybody but m- most people i've interacted with is are is super cool and super willing to help and and we'll do things for each other and um you know like i said when one of us grows we all grow and and i think that's an awesome aspect of podcasting and the alternative media community and uh so yeah best of luck with everything we'll definitely keep in touch uh are you are you going to continue streaming even without me yeah I'll just give a couple last minute thoughts uh because of it is episode 100. I want to give a special shout out to everyone that's been supportive. So my man, Ricky, thank you so much, my man. 
Well, I'm I'm ahead now, but I will uh, I'll keep listening and and uh and listen to the, the end of the show and and, uh, and like I said, best of luck with everything. We'll keep in touch, and if you want to join us on the next Union of the Unwanted or the following one, uh, let me know. We'll we'll definitely throw you on the guest list and and have you uh. Dude, it's, it. it's not up to me, man. You send me that goddamn Zoom link. I'm there. <laughs> That's how it always works with everyone. Like when Chris and, and Corey do their little zero podcast and, and all these other podcasts that they have, I always tell them the same thing. I go, hey, I'm not going to ask you guys. If you guys send me the link, I'm there, man. Just count me in. So uh, I'm going to awesome. say that with you, my man. Uh, thank you yeah. so much, man. I, I truly value you as an all-around human individual and your um just your your awesomeness all around so thank you ricky and i hope you enjoy the rest of your labor day weekend my man hey you too hey enjoy it and shout out to all the the listeners thanks for for supporting wheezy he's a great dude he works his ass off and he's uh you know he, he deserves all the success in the world so uh keep supporting him and and keep giving him motivation to keep going so Thanks, Wheezy. Enjoy the rest of your day. You just gave me a channel trailer, my man. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Thank you so much, man. That means so much to me. All right, my my man. Take it easy. All right, y'all. That was the exquisite Mr. Ricardo Barandas of the Ripple Effect podcast. He is also a host of the Union of the Unwanted podcast. And... Yeah, man, I I truly, truly appreciate him in every sense of the the word. He's always been awesome. And I want to thank all you loyal people that have have followed me through thick and thin. Uh, Miss T, 100%, Sunflower, Empress, Secret Squirrel, Roscoe Coltrane definitely in the house and every other person that has been following the podcast for the last couple years you guys have seen the rise the fall but hopefully this new addition to rockfin is like cialis some kind of viagra you know we went limp but now we're gonna be fully erect and start kicking some more ass uh 100 this is a new chapter new beginning and shout out to my (laughs) my man ricky for for that uh Marion G of G's, it was your birthday. Happy belated birthday to you. You have been one of these awesome uh Alexa, shut the fuck up. I need to disconnect that bitch. Every time I say an A word, she pops in trying to help. But that's the CIA. We all know that. Um, anyways. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining me. If you guys joined in late, uh come into the beginning. I may re-upload the video with more edits so you get the same professional product as we always do. Uh, Simpsons Hands, if you guys liked the live chat here on Rockfin, how was the live show? Uh, let me know. And this may be the thing to do. It seemed, from what I understand from the few people commenting, there's a few people still here. Put some Simpsons Hands if you guys want me to keep live streaming from here, Rockfin, or if you want me to do it from Odyssey. Uh, the choice is yours at Chuckarama. Let me know. <laughs> and we'll do it. But I, it took me a minute to get this whole Rockfin issue squared away. But we finally got it down. And it seems like it was a good, good, fun experience. <coughs> Excuse me. 
And, uh, oh, there we go. Simpsons hands right there. So, rock bin it is. We, so I think what I'll, what we're going to be doing is I'll live stream from here, from rock bin from now on. And then once I finish the edits, I'll re-upload the podcast fully edited, fully erect, fully professional. And then we will upload them to Odyssey and everywhere else. I think this kind of conversation, though, I think I can actually upload to YouTube. So I'll probably do that as well. We'll see how it goes. But uh, everyone seems to have appreciate this over Odyssey. So we will do that. All right, y'all. Thank you so much. Have a good evening. And uh, your comment. How your comment will appear in the chat. Okay. I'm still learning this shit. I'm looking at my dashboard and trying to have it figured out, but we'll get it. It'll be trial and error. Uh, thank you so much, everyone. Much love. Have a good evening.